This winter, L.L. Bean wants to help you get outfitted for all that's out there with tips and advice for heading outdoors and exploring all the possibilities of the season. Finding time outside can feel tough in winter, but it's just steps away if you turn your backyard into a winter oasis. Add a fire pit to keep you warm, some winter games to keep you active, and some all-weather furniture and outdoor blankets for chilling out comfortably. Just because it's cold out, that doesn't mean you have to be cold. For more fun ideas, easy how-tos, and inspiring stories, visit llbean.com slash guide. I'm Jason Epperson, and it's time for this month's National Park News Roundup. The National Park Service has set some major budgetary goals for 2023, which it says should lead to a significant increase in recreational opportunities and improvements at visitor facilities and will ensure critical moments in our shared history are honored and preserved. Park Service will use funding from a couple of bills that passed in the last few years, like the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023, the Great American Outdoors Act, the Federal Lands Transportation Program, and Department of Transportation Grants, and the Inflation Reduction Act to invest in the future of parks. $1.33 billion has been allocated for high-priority deferred maintenance and repair projects, things that haven't been fixed in years, including rehabilitation of bathhouses at Hot Springs National Park, utility systems at Glen Canyon National Recreation Area, water and wastewater systems at Everglades, a perimeter fences in Hawaii Parks, a sewer system in Gateway National Recreation Area, and 10 miles of parkway in Colonial National Historical Park. $336 million will head towards state-level conservation programs. $105 million heads to the Land and Water Conservation Fund's Land Acquisition Program, which will expand many sites across the country, including Cumberland Island and Saguaro National Park. Repairs for some of 2022's extreme weather events will be made. $1.5 billion will support continuing recovery efforts, including protecting giant sequoias from wildfire and sequoia in Kings Canyon National Parks, repairs from flooding in Yellowstone National Park, a rock slide impacting the main road in Denali, and Hurricane Ian effects across Florida's national parks. The Park Service will also invest resources to prevent catastrophic impacts from extreme fire behavior going forward. This includes work to reduce emerging threats to sequoia groves to ensure the long-term viability of the ancient trees and protect them from future losses. Between 2020 and 2021, 13 to 19% of the world's population of large giant sequoias were killed by just three large wildfires. Other projects include rehabilitation of the Laurel Falls Trail at Great Smoky Mountains National Park, expansion of the wastewater treatment plant at Mount Rushmore, at the National Mall, repairs to the Lincoln Memorial Reflecting Pool that will prevent water loss, and Grand Canyon will get 10 new battery electric buses and 20 new near-zero emission compressed natural gas buses to replace the aging fleet, along with charging infrastructure to support the electric buses. The Park Service will also begin to hire new employees using $500 million in funding to support parks across the country, and their housing will get improved to help attract and retain quality staff. Firefighter pay will increase, providing for better recruitment and retention for wildland firefighters. More than 20,000 National Park Service employees care for America's 424 National Park Service units. An elderly husband and wife from Las Vegas were found dead in Death Valley National Park on January 13th, according to law enforcement. Paul Fisher, 73, called the county sheriff's office to report that he had just killed his wife, Mary Fisher, 72. Mr. Fisher stated his intention to kill himself and told the 911 operator where to find them. 
Fisher left a note in his vehicle, which explained that his wife was suffering from chronic health conditions. On Saturday, January 21st, Zion National Park received a report of two overdue hikers. The pair attempted to hike the subway route from the top down on Friday, January 20th, but they didn't return as planned. In response, Zion sent rangers up the Colab Terrace Road to stage a rescue and prepare a landing zone for a helicopter from the Utah Department of Public Safety. The helicopter crew used forward-looking infrared to locate the hikers. They then lowered a rescue specialist who assisted the hikers into the hovering helicopter using a hoist. The crew transported the hikers to a waiting National Park Service medical team for care. One was dangerously hypothermic and transported to a hospital. That hiker is now reported in stable condition. On the morning of Monday, January 16th, a dead whale was discovered on the beach at Assateague Island National Seashore, an approximately 20-foot-long humpback. As a land manager, Assateague is responsible for carcass retrieval and ultimately disposal. Staff used heavy equipment to move it into the dunes to allow it to dry out prior to its eventual burial. Meanwhile, on the shoreline in Virginia Beach and the Outer Banks lately, monster jellyfish have washed up. Mushroom cap jellyfish washed up by the hundreds at False Cape State Park and on Outer Banks beaches. They can grow to nearly a foot in diameter, and the bell inside ranges in color from white to yellow, blue, brown, pink, or green. They live in the Atlantic between New England and North Carolina. While they don't have stinging tentacles, they do have stinging cells in their bells and can cause minor irritation to humans. We'll be back in a moment, but first, a quick break for a message from our favorite place to search for the best campground for your national park adventures, Campendium. Campendium lists virtually every campground in North America and every type of campsite you can imagine. From remote backcountry tent sites to RV parks with water slides and pickleball courts, you can search by price, including free or by cell service, elevation, whether pets are allowed. Dozens of different search filters will bring you detailed user reviews so you can find the best campsite for your trip. Campendium is free at campendium.com or on the app, and you can upgrade to a RoadPass Pro membership to unlock an ad-free experience with more detailed cell service reports, public land map overlays, trail maps, and more. A RoadPass Pro membership also includes other premium apps like Togo RV and Road Trippers. Visit Campendium.com or download the app today and save $10 off a RoadPass Pro membership with code RVMILES10X. The Chilkoot Trail has been designated a National Historic Trail. This unique distinction is held by only 19 other trails throughout the country, including the Oregon Trail, the Iditarod, the Lewis and Clark Trail, and the Pony Express. This adds to the prestige of the Chilkoot Trail that has been previously designated as a unit of the Klondike Gold Rush National Historical Park, as well as being recognized as a national landmark. Quote, this distinction empowers us to further share the stories of not just the gold rush, but the unique cultural and natural landscapes that set the stage for this event, said Angela Wetz, Klondike Gold Rush National Historical Park superintendent. To celebrate, the park intends to hold a ceremony later this summer when the trail reopens. The U.S. side of the Chilkoot Trail is still currently closed due to severe flood damage sustained in October. The Park Service is striving to open the trail to public use by August. A federal judge ruled Monday that the U.S. will cough up more than $10 million in damages to the family of Esther Nakajigo after she was killed by a large swinging gate at Arches National Park in 2020. Attorneys celebrated the decision, saying it was the largest federal wrongful death verdict in state history. 
The 25-year-old Ugandan human rights activist and her husband were on vacation just months after their wedding. A metal gate that was normally secured with a lock was left untethered and gusting wind flung the gate hard enough to slice through the passenger side door of their car, killing Nakajigo as her husband sat in the driver's seat. Finally, how would you like to run the tavern that was a favorite meeting place of the founding fathers and unofficial meeting site for the First Continental Congress? Independence National Historical Park has issued a request for proposals to lease, operate, and maintain City Tavern, a 15,000-square-foot restaurant facility located in the park. All right, it's not exactly the original. It was raised in 1854. The National Park Service built a replica of the building in 75 as a working tavern. City Tavern was operated for many years as a colonial-themed restaurant with American colonial-style foods. That's it for this month's National Park News Roundup. Please hit the subscribe button and make sure to find us each and every week. Thanks a lot.